Thank you all for joining us today at Forward Podcast. We'll be interviewing Coach Gary Greeno here today. Coach Greeno is currently coaching the Lincoln High School basketball team. He's been doing that for quite some years now, and we're going to be diving into his leadership techniques and also the ways and some of the stories that he has and we have had together. I had the great opportunity to work alongside Coach, not only work alongside him, but also play under him. He's a great mentor of mine, a coach of mine, and I've learned so much from him. And I want to invite you guys to join us in this learning process and even hear some of the stories that he has to share with us. So let's jump right into today's podcast and let's go. So welcome everyone to the Forward Podcast here. I have my closest, one of the closest coaches I've ever had, the, the fortune to have. He's an amazing coach. He instilled some amazing principles in my life that I still carry on to the day. I still remember uh, Coach Wooden's uh, primary things coach that you instilled on us. Um, not word for word, but I still remember the, the teaching process of it all. Um, but I would like to welcome Coach Greeno, Coach Gary Greeno to our podcast. Um, and we're going to dive into some leadership topics um, how he's been a leader in his life when he felt the call of leadership on his life, and then also just hear what he is currently doing um, and also get to know more of him. Thanks, Adrian. I'm excited for this. Uh, glad to see you again and looking forward to our conversation. All right, awesome. So let's hop right into it. Um, one of the cool things that uh, I've been doing as I've been preparing for this podcast coach is I've been listening to other podcasts, especially those uh, driven by sports. So I've heard a lot of, uh, I don't know if you're coach or not coach, uh, Warjanowski, Adrian Warjanowski. He's a Yahoo news reporter. So he does a ton of interviews on basketball, um, professional NBA athletes. Um, there's also another podcast with JJ Reddick where he interviews other athletes. I'll have to send you the information. That one's really cool. Um, and it's a great insight just to hear how these players prepare and also their just background. Um, but I also want to start with your background. Um, when did you realize you'd be leading a team or a, just an organization, and what had drawn you toward it? Mm -hmm. Well, I've I've always been active in sports and uh, been on teams my whole life. Of course, basketball was has been my main sport, and um, uh, I think somewhere in high school I realized that uh, I wanted to stay attached to sports and the basketball and. Always had a dream of playing in the NBA and playing college like most kids, and uh, you know realized pretty quickly that I wasn't big enough, strong enough, uh, not quite able to to do that. Um, so I decided I wanted to be a coach, and um, so I think it was somewhere in high school, probably junior senior year, I decided I wanted to coach. And um, at the time, I had no idea what that meant in terms of, of leadership, in terms of leading a team, leading a group of, of people. Um, so over the last 30 years almost, I've been uh, learning about it and still learning to this day. All right, cool. So let's talk about that one part where you said and mentioned about uh, where you had the dream, the aspiration to be an NBA player, professional ball player. Um, how was it? Because I know there's a lot of young high schoolers who, who have this dream of becoming a professional athlete um, and understanding that there is a potential um, well, majority in regards to it's it's a very low percentage of people making it to the NBA. What was the process of accepting that truth um, and accepting that that there is a possibility? And how did you go about having a backup plan, or, or what was that like when when you were in high school or in college? Right, right. that's a great question. Um, 
so my goal growing up was to be an NBA basketball player and a college basketball player. Uh, and I knew the NBA wasn't in the cards for me. And even college basketball was, was going to be a challenge. I didn't play much in high school. In fact, my freshman year, I got cut. And, you know, talk about facing reality and, you know, that hard truth. That was devastating yeah. for me. Um, that was just uh, one of the hardest points in my life in high school was dealing with the fact I got cut. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And what made it worse, it came as a complete shock. I had no idea that I might not make the team. Right. So that was the first like face of reality, yeah. you know, like how am I going to deal with this adversity? And, and then just, uh, you know, then, then I came back my sophomore year, I made the team. Okay. Uh, barely. The coach told me later on. He said, we just kept you around, Gary, because you were a good kid and you worked hard. Um, never really played. Um, even through high school, uh, junior year, senior year, never really played that much. Um, but the thing that um, thing I always had was a great work, work ethic. You know, I just I worked harder than anybody. And so after my senior year of high school, um, I walked on at a small private college and made the freshman team. Okay. And then by the time uh, my junior year rolled around, I earned a, a partial scholarship. Oh, nice. So, you know, so for me, it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, what, what do I want? And if I, if I can't reach, you know, the NBA, if I can't be a Division One college basketball, what, what is possible for me? Mm -hmm. and, um, and then just doing everything that you possibly can to reach that goal. Right, right. I, I really like that, that part where uh... – like how you mentioned the authenticity of the importance of work ethic, rather it be a basketball player, rather it be um, in studies, rather it be leading a church, or rather it be anything like that. How important has your work ethic been in your life right now and also in the past and where you would like to go? Yeah. To me, work ethic, I mean, it's everything. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of ingredients to being successful mm -hmm. um, at whatever venture in life you're doing. Um, but if, if you don't have a solid work ethic, you're not going to get very far. Right. And I see, and you probably see it too in, in people, you know, they just don't work that hard. They expect to get something for nothing or something mm -hmm. for very little. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you're probably like me, you don't understand that mindset because, you know, you played for me, so I know yeah. you're a hard worker <laughs> and you know, if there's something you want, you got to go earn it. And, uh, so that was instilled to me, you know, very young at a very young age through my parents. Um, you have to work hard. And, you know, now here I am, you know, 48 and um, my goals and dreams and things I want to accomplish with the rest of my life are different than they were at 28. Mm. Um, but yet that work, work ethic remains, you know. Right. I mean, I get up at 4 a.m. pretty much every morning um, and I got kind of a morning routine I go through and some things I, I do that early to accomplish goals and things that I have for the next couple of years, but it's not going to happen if I get up at the last minute, rush off to work, you know, right. I mean, you have to be very intentional about what you want to do. And so, yeah, that work ethic just drives me. Right. And then also when you had figured out, like you wanted to be a coach, was there any challenge to it? Did you face a lot of adversity? I know you had faced some adversity in high school about the basketball, and that's your passion and your, your heart. But the, the adversity or the challenge that you faced in your goal of becoming a high school coach, or uh, where, where did that begin, and what was that like as, as the challenges came your way? Well, I think there's kind of 
maybe two parts to this. There's the coaching part, and then there's the leadership part. Mm. Now, they're intertwined, mm-hmm. you know, because a coach is a leader, but I had no clue about leadership when I first started out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I knew about basketball. I knew about X's and O's, but I had no idea about the relational part of it. I had no idea about the, you know, the counseling and the psychology part of coaching and the dealing with the parents and the fundraising <laughs> and, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, just all that stuff. And anytime you're starting out with something, you have an idea mm-hmm. of what's going on and what you want to do. And you think you know what you know, but then you get into it and you realize, I guess I don't really know right. everything or even as much as I thought I did. And so it's all a learning experience, mm-hmm. you know, you, whether it's the leading part or the coaching part or, you know, whatever it, it's you learn as you go. Right, right. Um, and that, I think that's an important quality just for, in general, as they or people answer a call that God has on their life um, and walking out in faith and just learning, constantly learning, constantly a flow of developing oneself. Um, how important and or even how challenging has it been to have these morals of a, of a Christian, of someone who's saved and still uh, live that out in a public school setting? Because um, I know there's teachers, there's uh, coaches who've been fired because they shared Jesus or said Jesus' name um, and all these costs. And and by no means do we shortcut Jesus Christ because that's all of what we do and that's our heart is. But how how has that been um, influential in your coaching strategy and even your teaching? Where has that that began and where has that rooted from, I guess, your faith into what you do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts with knowing what you believe. Mm-hmm. And you got to make a decision, you know, as a Christian, you know, I decided to live my life for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the principles of the Bible drive me, you right. know, that, I mean, it's God's word that defines who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. So as a coach and a teacher, I'm not out there in the classroom on the basketball court, you know, preaching the gospel. Um, but, you know, as you could probably attest, you know, there, there'll be times when, it's kind of evident to my players that I am a Christian. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not going to back away from talking about God. Um, I usually let my team know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's important to me. My family and my faith, you know, um, are the most important. So, um, you know, I don't think it's something you can be afraid of. I don't think it's something that you have to, you know, oh, be careful. Do I say this? Do I not mm-hmm. say this? I mean, I, I guess there are some Christian coaches and teachers that, that may but um, I'm just, you know, I'm who I am. And yeah. who I am is, you know, God's child. Yeah. And uh, he's my savior. And so, you know, that's going to come out in different ways. Right, right. One thing I can remember uh, playing for you um, was a hard truth. And that's one thing I appreciated playing under you. Um, and even to the point where I was working alongside you and under you was your honesty um, your faith, and also uh, the bigger picture in mind. Um, I remember you had pulled me aside uh, on the basketball court, um, and you had let me know how important a role is regarding a team. Um, understanding and having the maturity to accept the role was another challenge. Um, but one thing that you had done very well is communication to me regarding my role. Um, and how how has that been as a leader of a team, as a teacher in this high school, um, sharing, uh, communicating to these teenagers their role on a basketball team 
where they can go because um, it can be challenging. You could either some people may take it as something that's diminishing them or like putting them down. How important has communicating the role been to to your players? Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of leaders, whether it's coaches or in churches. I'm very active in our church and other churches. And I've been around organizations a lot and speak to organizations about leadership and teamwork. And I see a lack of vision and vision casting in mm -hmm. leaders. And that includes communication about roles, communication about everything related to the organization. But I really believe that a leader has to know where he wants to take the team. Mm -hmm. And if you know where you want to take the team, okay, then you have to define, well, how's each person going to help us get there? And too often we assume, mm -hmm. you know, we just assume, well, this person knows what I want. Mm -hmm. They don't know what you want. Right. You know, right. half the time we don't even know what we want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you have to, I think you have to clearly define what is a person's role. Now, in some cases, that role is, is, is pretty evident, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, with you, I remember when you play, you were just a defensive stopper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. we, we started you mm -hmm. because you set the tone for our team right. defensively. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if I remember correctly, I think you started and then you didn't yeah. really go back in much. Right. And <laughs> yeah. then in the first half, yeah. and then yeah. in the second half would start, you start again. And, yeah. and yeah. I just remember your role was, you know, we're going to be a tough, hard-nosed team, yeah. and we're going to play defense, and right. that's kind of what you brought to the team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, whether it's basketball or pastoring or, mm -hmm. you know, business, I, I think clearly defining roles is, is extremely important. And sometimes as a leader, you have to let a person know this is your role. Mm -hmm. But as much as possible, I think you have to work with that person to together to, to define the role. Right. Now, that's not always possible because if what you want and what the leader wants are two totally different things, well, then it has to be subject to what the leader says. Hey, this is what I need from you. Right. But I think good leadership, you know, includes that person. And, hey, what are you good at? Right. What are your strengths? Okay, how can we use that to the best of your organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's a good point. And then that there's also success in the role as well. Um, I think one thing that you've also taught me very well and also uh, illustrated it with having a strong team behind you, not just the players, but the leadership that you had put uh, behind you as well. Um, can you point out some things that you look at uh, or something that you see that's important in your leadership team, like assistant coaches um, or like a trainer or anything right, like that? Right. Can, can you break down some key things to look out for that you do? You know, it's so important to make everyone feel included, mm -hmm. to make everyone feel like I'm a part of this. You know, I was just reading the other day, um, Lyndon Johnson, when he was president, he was visiting NASA. Uh -huh. And he was walking through the halls of NASA and doing a, a tour or something. And he saw in the hallway this janitor. And he was just cleaning and just doing a great job and just had this enthusiasm. And it was just amazing. And President Johnson went up to him and said, you are the best janitor I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. You are amazing. Right. And the janitor looked at him and he said, sir, I'm not just a janitor. I help put men on the moon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a janitor. Yeah. yeah. He understood his role. Right. He, he, he was a part of a bigger purpose. Yeah. And I think everyone wants to, part of, wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And so as a leader, you have to communicate that even if you are the janitor, right. you have a role. Right. You know, 
our success as an organization is dependent on you. Yeah. You know, and, and that's hard because some people are um, not going to be in the limelight. They're not going to have the glorious roles. You know, I remember hearing Coach Wooden talk one time and he was talking about, you know, a team's like a car. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the engine and you got the doors, you got the wheels, you got the windshields, you know. And a, and a great team is all the parts of a car. Right. You know, take, take the wheel, for example. You know, if you don't have a wheel, your car's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't have a little nut yeah. holding that wheel on, well, that wheel's going to come off, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I remember he said, some of the guys on my team are just a nut. <laughs> you know, but without that nut, right. things go fall apart. Right, you right. Know? So everyone has a part to play. So whether, you know, it doesn't matter what it is in any organization. Yeah. And so the challenging part is that as a leader is mm-hmm. letting everyone know what you do matters and we need you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really awesome too because – um, as a leader, you also have to realize and have, like you mentioned, a vision and a clear picture to see uh, what they're supposed to do. And it almost brings me, it raises another question, is how do you um, have an idea of what you want them to do and the, the, the location you want them to go right, uh, right. where the whole team wants to go? So it's almost a sense of you do have to invest in them, in your leadership team um, that are working alongside you. But what do you do? to continue your process of learning? I guess, um, what do you do to fulfill yourself? What do you do to refill yourself, refuel? Like what are yeah. some things that you learn or how do you constantly learn? Well, I'm, I'm just a, a massive learner. I mean, I just love to learn. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly, you know, reading and listening to podcasts and, um, you know, going to seminars and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm constantly learning. I think that's, you know, super important. Yeah. Um, so, and that's part of what I do in my morning ritual when I get up at 4 a.m., you know, yeah. I get on my podcast, you know, get out the Bible, other leadership books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to have an appetite for growth. I think okay. if you ever get to the point where it's like, I'm good, I know right. it, I think you're in trouble. Mm. You know, I think you're in trouble. So I think you have to always be um, looking for new knowledge and new growth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. What are some things about goal planning? Um, how do you prepare for goals? How do you set realistic goals? Right. How do you, at, but at the same time, not settle? Yeah. What are well, what are some healthy ways? You know, with goals and kind of, you had mentioned it in that last question about, you know, where you want your team to go. Um, I think you, you set out with an idea that you have in mind. You know, I guess I'm thinking of the direction of your team, first of all. You know, what's the goal of the team? What's the outcome that we want? What kind of team are we going to be? Well, you have an idea as a leader what you want, but that may not actually be what that team is going to end up looking like. Mm. And I think you have to be flexible, um, especially in the initial stages of a team. Mm-hmm. If you're just pulling a team, putting a team together, um, you're not going to know what it's going to look like in six months, in a year. You know, you think you might. You yeah. have an idea. Right. But that's not necessarily where it's going to naturally go. And if you're like so like just I'm going to make it go this way and fit this to, this way. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not the natural. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you use everyone's strengths uh, to the best of, you know, the, their ability, maybe that's not the way it's going to go. So um, I think you have to, as you go, you figure out what's the direction. What does the team, what's the team going to look like yeah. as you go? I guess that's what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay. Yeah. So almost a sense of you have an idea, almost like a skeleton. And as you go in the direction of the season, 
you still have those skeleton goals of what you want the team to look like, but the team brings their own organic uh, personality, their own flow of things, and you kind of just drive that. I think so. Okay. Yeah. And now when it comes to specific goals, as you figure out what your team looks like, I mm-hmm. think there are definitely very specific goals okay. you know, that you have. And you know, some of those goals you're going to have at the beginning, yeah. you know, regardless of what the team is going to look like. You have goals, um, and then as the season goes on or as things progress, you know maybe you refine those goals a little bit. Okay. But, okay. yeah, I think it's very important to have specific, tangible, measurable goals. And then not just setting the goals but then figuring out, okay, how are we going to accomplish them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to have a goal, but how are you going to make it happen? That's right. important. Okay. Plan of action. Right. Um, one thing that uh, – kind of more on the lighter side of, of the leadership things is uh, the importance of, I guess, sharing a story with the team. Um, I remember uh, during halftime, uh, Josh Rowan always shares this story about the time you had, we were down, I don't know, but losing to Tracy, I believe it was, Tracy High School. And you come in, storm in here, you kick the garbage can, you grab our attentions uh, immediately. Um, and I guess the storytelling, how important is storytelling uh, of bringing back a team um, into, I guess, getting them engaged back? Uh, was that like a, a task or a skill that you've used? Or is it just that one moment? Is it something that you always do? What, what, what do you see stories implementing in your uh, coaching strategy? Well, hopefully you don't remember me kicking over too many trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened maybe once or twice. But you know what's funny about that is um, – I was reading a book by Pat Riley called The Winner Within, mm-hmm. and he talks about planned insanities. Okay. And sometimes as a leader, you, you may just fly off the handle. Yeah. And I see some leaders, especially in coaching, but it can happen in other areas, they just they just go crazy. They just go ballistic, <laughs> right? I mean, you see it in coaching. They just yeah. go berserk, and they're just yelling and screaming. Yeah. And, you know, if you do that very often, people are just going to tune you out. Right. You know, and they're not going to listen. Right. Um. But there are mo- those moments where you want to have a, a planned insanity. So it mm-hmm. comes across as if you're just going crazy, flying off the handle, but right. it's planned. Yeah. The one time I kicked over the trash can, I actually went in before the team went in, and I placed the trash can <laughs> so it would be in my way so that while I'm ranting and raving, yeah. I would kick it over. And it would seem like it was you know, just spur of the moment, yeah. but I had actually planned because I was going to do something to get everyone's attention right. and send that trash can flying across the room <laughs> I, I remember all of us uh, I was standing in the back and I heard that I didn't actually see you kick the can but I heard it <laughs> and my eyes just shot up and it's like a deer in the road just looking at headlights just completely Uh-oh. shocked no. and, was, and after that you got my attention yeah. um, but that brings up another good good thing that uh, the importance of remaining in control yeah. um, as a leader as a coach as a pastor as doing anything if you have a team over how how important has that been in your leadership, remaining in control, being poised? You always have to be in control. And that's one of the great things that sports teaches us, right? I mean, you play a whole game, and then it, it comes down to the last minute, you know, comes down to overtime, and you can't panic. Right. You know, you can't freak out. You know, the, the crowd, you're away at a away game, the crowd is into it, the referees are bad or whatever. Yeah. you got to keep your poise and. That's one of the great things about sports is, you know, you learn that on your team and now that translates to every other part of life. So um, keep them poised and calm is super important. And, you know, in the church, sometimes emotions can run high. Mm, right. You know, you, there, there are certain areas that when, you know, it, it might get intense. And um, 
you do have to remain calm. Um, you can't allow yourself to get flustered. Mm. Um, you can't allow your you can't allow your emotions to dictate what you do or determine your decisions. Right. You, know, you, you can't make decisions based on emotion. Right. You, right. you can't do that. Yeah. Um, what about when others, people's other parents, teenagers, uh, their emotions are high? And they come to you with those high emotions. What are some tips uh, that you can give to the next aspiring coach, yeah. the next aspiring leader to manage that situation? What What are some points of wisdom? Well, it's like any relationship. It's really hard to, to get anywhere when people are hot. Yeah. You know, whether it's with your girlfriend, in your marriage, um, you know, with a coworker. If someone is just emotionally yeah. hot and they're just, you know, really upset. Um, it's really hard to talk rationally. Mm. And most people, when they get really, really angry, you know, logic and rationality go out the window. Yeah. So, you know, it's important that you, first of all, um, well, what I like to do is give them a little space. Mm -hmm. You know, give them a little space, especially as a, as a coach player. Um, let them calm down a little bit. Right. And, and, then you, and then you have to address the issue without belittling the person you have to separate the conduct or the the uh, behavior from the person mm -hmm. you know rather than saying oh you're just no good and lousy you have mm -hmm. to say that behavior is something that i can't tolerate right you know i love you as a person <laughs> you know you're amazing yeah you got great potential yeah but that behavior is not going to be allowed mm. you know and anybody who's a parent knows what i'm talking about right you know, because your kids are going to, whoo, we're going to test you. You know, you just wait, Adrian, it's coming one of these days. And, and the, the, the emotions into that, but you have to, as a parent especially, you have to just stop. And you have to be the one to calm down, Yeah. you know, and think, okay, how do I need to best approach this? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you're constantly separating the behavior from the person. That's mm -hmm. very, very important. Have there been moments where you've just taken hits by, rather be the players or the parents and come back to it at a later point? Do you usually address it then and there? How, how does that go or how does that work in, in the past? Or does it kind of well, case Well, in my case? 26 years of coaching, I've really learned a lot and I've experienced a lot in terms of parents. Um, you know, because w when you're dealing with your kid, mm -hmm. your little baby, right. you know, um, who's not a little baby anymore, was a senior in high school, but he's always going to be your little baby. <laughs> um you know, the emotions run high. And so, again, it's hard to talk to someone who's really emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I won't even do it. Yeah. You know, I just say, hey, you need to calm down. We can we can talk later. Mm. Um, so that that's, that's one thing. Um, and then you just have to assess each situation. Um, and, you know, there, there, are, there are principles that, that you live by. Yeah. Um, what's right and what's wrong in this situation. Right. And there are times when you need to address it and just right at the moment, say, hey, this is right, mm -hmm. this is wrong, we're going to address this. Yeah. Um, and and when, you, when you make your decisions based on principle and not emotions, you really can't go wrong. Right. Because if this is a principle you believe in and this is something you know is right, well, the emotions don't really matter mm -hmm. because this is what we do. This is the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's almost the importance of setting out the vision, right, where you kind of hit those things before it blows up. Um, I think that's really, really key, the way you had shared uh, the, the principles or the things that you truly, truly believe in, almost those convictions, right. uh, where that's, I believe it, 
that's where we're going. That's what I see. Right. And if you're going to get in the way of that or if you're struggling with that, let me see how or find a way that I can help serve you to catch on with that. Um, and I think that the setting the tone of the vision is very important. And you kind of alluded to that very, very clearly in the beginning of the podcast, um, which is also just amazing just because it's almost like stopping those things before they happen. Um, I remember when I was coaching sixth grade, the AAU team with mm-hmm. you, um, you had shared some some scenarios with parents in, in handling those situations. And I kid you not, not even a week or a week, two weeks later, um, I was actually approached by a parent saying, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And thank God the parent wasn't ballistic on me or anything like that. It was just a subtle conversation. And uh, you had pointed something out to me to say, hey, just listen to them. And if there's something that you can handle then and there, um, go for it. If not, uh, you can send them my way and I can take that conversation. And that's that's another key thing that I want to ask you about is the importance of leadership uh, being leadership, taking sometimes taking those hits before those guys under you. Um, how important is it for you to stick up for your guys, um, I guess, in, in what you do? Yeah. Well, in terms of sticking up for your guys, you, you yeah. have to be loyal. You know, you have to have, you guys have to know you, that, that you have their back. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's super important. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And um, people want to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with that parent or dealing with players or dealing with people on your team, they want to feel like their opinion matters. Right. Not that you have to do what they say, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily, but they want to be heard. Right. And I think, in, man, in so many relationships, if you just listen. Yeah. You know, just let the other person know I'm listening. Yeah. You know, now as a leader, I got to make a decision that you may not like, but at least I listen to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rather than just saying, ah, I'm like, you know, I don't want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> you know, this is what we're doing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think that's yeah. really important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That kind of reminds me of, of uh, meeting people where they're at. Um, and one thing that uh, I believe it was my junior year, um, first time varsity basketball. Um, I had a, a fun uh, June, uh, JV year um, in basketball, really excited. And I think you came in, I think, that year mm-hmm. um, as I was a, a sophomore in high school, which was 2006, Yeah, that was your sophomore year right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're looking at our old, old pictures here. Yeah. He has all of his teams hanging on his wall from 2006, 2007 year. Um, sometimes funny looking back <laughs> see how young I was but uh, yeah. but but yeah one thing that's where you met us where we're at I remember going in junior year um, conditioning and we're being I think it was the first year of BK coach BK as well and he would just run us through the ringer um, just completely exhausted completely tired and on Halloween day the seniors are like, this is the hardest day. This is the, the toughest day. It's going to be a drag. We're going to be doing so much. And I believe it was after one or two laps. You're like, all right, two laps, and we're going to come meet over here. And then when we turn the corner running through the hard, uh, the black, uh, was it, the basketball courts, mm-hmm. outdoor basketball yeah. courts, the Suburbans are there. And we're like, what's going on? You're like, we got a special trip. We're going to go running outdoors or outside of the campus. And we're like, I'm just, the seniors are just quiet. Uh, they're just like not saying a peep. We're just sitting in the back. The, the juniors just sitting in the back like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a tough day. I don't want to run hills. I don't want to throw up today. We end up pulling up, I believe I was at a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. 
how how do you how important is that to to invest in your team and not only we bring a culture of work but we also bring a culture of enjoyment to where we're yeah. at. How yeah. important is that for you? Well, it has to be fun. You know, it has to be fun. It has to, it has to be re- rewards. And you know, in that situation, we had that period of time where we couldn't be in the gym. Mm-hmm. Well, the only place we could be was on the track or in the <laughs> weight room. And uh, we spent a lot of time on the track. <laughs> um, so I think it's important, you know, to do things like that. Um, you know, little surprises. Uh, I, I think that makes it fun. And you know, one thing that is really important to remember that's hard for a lot of leaders, is sometimes hard for me, is that you know, leadership is relational. Mm-hmm. If you don't develop relationships, if you don't have relationships, then it's going to be really hard to lead. Mm. You know, because I really believe that people will follow the leader first, and then they follow the vision. They, they, they got to trust you. They got to mm-hmm. know you. They got to believe in you as a person. Right. Then they can catch your vision and get on board with their role. Right. Um, so yeah, so part of that is just developing relationships and you yeah. know trying to do what we can yeah. to, to to that end. That's awesome. Um, well, I just want to say thank you uh, for the podcast recording, um, for being a guest here. Um, I'm really excited as our listeners are listening to this. They get a different perspective from a coach um, and how coaching is a ministry almost in itself. Um, and uh, just my past history with you has been such an amazing, something that I'll never forget um, and something that uh, I always keep close close ear for or read on social networks, social media, um, and looking forward to Lincoln uh, basketball beginning with what preseason just started. Yeah. Just December. started. Yep. 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 Um, I usually know like the first tournament or so is like around my birthday, Thanksgiving okay. weekend. Yeah. So yeah. So it just started. Um, and, uh, yeah. How can more people get to know what you're doing around the community? Um, you're a teacher here at Lincoln high school, math teacher. Um, you also do, uh, speaking engagements. How can, someone either invite you to the church invite you to speak at their club christian club what where can they learn more about yeah i'm uh, i'm on all the social media um best way though is probably my website just uh garygreeno.com okay so gary then green with an o at the end of it garygreeno.com all right awesome and i'll go ahead and put the link on the information tab the about podcast um and yeah if they want to get more information they could check you out there and uh all your contact information is on there as well. it's all on there as well okay yep, cool yep. and then i'll also include that at the bottom um thanks coach all right it's been great adrian thank you very much man appreciate it yep you can find more information about coach gary greeno there on the link below this podcast and the music you are currently listening to is by david kaiser he's a great friend of mine you can check out more of his music on the link below as well One more thing, it's a great help if you guys click on that subscribe button so that way whenever we do upload a podcast, you can get updated as soon as possible and also notified on your phone, iPad, whatever it is. I'm so excited that you guys are listening and tuning in here and enjoy the music.